You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I hope everyone had a great, great Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Hopefully, you enjoyed your time with your family. Hopefully, if you traveled, you got back safely. But don't eat any more leftovers. Thanksgiving was Thursday. It is Monday. Those leftovers are done. Don't get yourself sick. But again, I hope everybody had... A great holiday. And before I go too deep in this episode, I just wanted to thank each and every one of you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in this case, it is Monday, the first Monday after the Thanksgiving holiday. We still have a few more Mondays left until the end of the year. But I just wanted to thank each and every person for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by prize picks and you can check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code nba or go to your app store and download the app today because prize picks is daily fantasy made easy all right obviously the big game this weekend was duke versus gonzaga it was a game that i had been promoting on this website and talking about i don't know i i guess since the since the schedule was announced I thought it was a matchup between the the top two picks in the 2022 NBA draft. I've even said that I think it's the most anticipated freshman prospect matchup since Kansas and Duke, which was Andrew Wiggins versus Jabari Parker back in 2013. And the game lived up to the hype. I thought it was an excellent game. I had to get up at 4.30 a.m. to watch the game, so I tried to go to bed a little early. Got up. I set my alarm for like four, I hit snooze, hit snooze, and then by the time I actually woke up, turned the computer on, and then I had to turn on a VPN, so I'm in Spain, if, if um, you haven't been listening, I'm in Spain, so when I go to like ESPN, play, ESPN like player, it, it'll come up and it'll show me some soccer games, so I end up having to get a VPN so I can, um, you know, so it, it tricks my computer into thinking I'm in the States, so I was able to access my my ESPN Plus and watch the game online. Great game. I missed maybe the first three or four plays, but I was able to rewatch the game. So, again, I thought it was a good game. I thought it lived up to the hype. As far as Paolo Bancaro and Chet Holmgren, the two guys that are heavily thought to be the top two picks in the draft, I thought they both showed some flashes of why they're so highly touted or you know expected to be drafted so high unfortunately we did not get a lot of minutes of them on the court together whether it was due to foul trouble in the first half for Holmgren and then Bancaro ended up with cramps and just really was a non-factor in the second half only had one point but the first half was the Paulo Bancaro show he had 20 points in the first half and I mean, he just showed all the tools in his toolbox. He was making threes, scoring in transition. He's making reads. 
I've seen him being compared to like a bigger Carmelo Anthony with better passing skills. And I think if that is a comparison that you like, then this was the game to where you like, see, this is why I think that he's mellow. Um, as far as like Bancaro, he was, man, I, I was kind of speechless. I mean, at this point when I'm watching the game, I'm still kind of not all the way awake. But he put on the show. Like he came out with a chip on his shoulder, and his his first bucket was a a pull up over Timmy off a, a Mark Williams ball screen. He hit like a pull up three in transition, and that was one of the concerns I had was his shooting. And if you listen to the podcast from a few days ago, I mentioned I think he was only shooting like thirty one percent from three. He had some pretty bad misses, but the way he came out and was letting it fly from deep with confidence was was to me a a big sign because again that is probably considered the weakest part of of his game and here it is the biggest game of his career at this point and I mean he was letting it fly I mean he like I said the the three in transition um then there was a play where he got matched up against Chet and he drove from the top of the key, got his body in the chat and scored. He was able to draw a foul there. Um, he made a, another three in transition. One play that I liked was he, you know, he's a ball handler. So if this was your first time seeing him play, you probably didn't know that he was such a a, a good ball handler and playmaker. I think when you compare him to Carmelo, Carmelo was more so wired to score, but Bancaro is someone that you can initiate the offense throughout a ball screen. So he had a play at the top of the key where he rejected a screen and got in for an easy dunk. He knocked down a corner three. And my favorite play of the game was there was a play where he got switched out on Timmy and he did a little dance with it. I mean, he he hit him with a between the legs, behind the back combo move and then drained the pull up jumper. And again, that's just not stuff you are used to seeing out of a... 6'10", 250-pound man-child, he was able to show the versatility, the ball handling, the shot-making, passing. I just thought that he had a dominant first half. It was unfortunate, very unfortunate that he was not able to play much or be effective in the second half because I thought he was on pace for a 40-point game. I thought that he was going to top Drew Timmy's performance against Texas and just end up with a monster stat line. But he ended up finishing with just 21 points, only one in the second half. He was 8 of 18 from the floor. And it's just unfortunate that we were, we just weren't able to see a complete game. And this is the second time this year in a big matchup that we haven't been able to see a complete game out of him due to cramping. Don't know what the issue is behind that. And, I mean, I, I think that Bancaro is probably number one on most draft boards now because he, in the two big games that he's played, he hasn't put together a full game yet. But when he did play, he was by far and away the most dominant player on the floor. So I'm going to move Bancaro to number one on my board, which I haven't decided when I release it. I'm still formulating it. It's, it's still really early, but... I mean, right now, I think based off of his performance, you have to say that he is the number one player on on most draft boards, at least in mine. So, Paulo Bencaro, 21 points, 5 rebounds, put on an absolute show in the first half. And I'll just go down, like I said, I'll mention 
some of the the highlights from some of the the players that I that I thought played well in this particular game. When we return, I'll break down the performance of Drew Timmy, who didn't disappoint. He did not have like a monster game. He had a decent stat line, but he was just kind of saddled by foul trouble. But he was able to showcase some of the skills that make him the number one prospect on on many boards, and then some of the concerns that many have. But when we return, I'll talk about Drew Timmy. But right now, I would like to talk about Prize Picks. Now, if you haven't heard of Prize Picks, it is daily fantasy made easy. I love fantasy basketball, and if you love fantasy basketball, then I know that you're gonna love Prize Picks because it is the best. The absolute best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator and offers all of your superstar players as well as the bench players who only get a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of. Any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You just pick two to five players and over or under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the good thing, it is just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks also. This is what makes it unique. It also allows mixed sport entry, so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. So if you are interested in prize kick prize picks, use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy, it's that simple, and prize picks is safe and it offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. Go to your app store. Download the app today because prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, now my question for you. Does this sound familiar? You got that one device that lets you catch the game live. Another device that you use to stream your favorite shows. And then there's one that you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends, homeboys, girlfriends, cousins log in. For all the good stuff. Well, if that is you, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live TV and on demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. This means there's no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is. There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. And of course, you need a compatible device. Don't try this on your Blackberry or your Nokia flip phone from 2003. And also, the content varies by package. All right, once again, you're listening to Locked On. NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Next, I want to talk about Chet Holmgren's play. Again, Chet, I felt like he had a quiet game. On paper, he put up 16 points on 8 of 13 field goals, chipped in 7 rebounds and 3 blocks, but I feel like it was quiet simply because he missed a lot of the first half in foul trouble, and 
I thought that he really had a good game on defense despite being in foul trouble on the first play of the game. It looked like, you know, we were going to get what we were hoping for. The Bancaro-Chet matchup, the first play, Bancaro looked to attack him. It was a play where he was on the right side, and he looked to drive left and attack, search for his body, and Chet was able to change the, you know, alter the shot due to his length. And then another thing that he showed is that, which, I mean, I've been following Chet for a while now, so this doesn't surprise me by any means, but this was a game where he just showed that he's tough, He's competitive. He doesn't back down despite being super skinny. I think they have him listed at 195 pounds. That seven foot, 195 pounds? Like, I mean, he looks every bit of 195 pounds. I mean, you just see how long and skinny he is, but he has like this grit and this toughness to him that I I just love. His competitive fire didn't back down. There was a play early in the game where... I want to say like they, he was cutting to the basket and he kind of tried to use his skinny body, kind of threw it around and, and, and finish under the basket. Um, I just, like I said, I just love how competitive he is. Now, there are some concerns about his frame and his lack of strength. There are times where he gets boxed out under the basket and when defenders just kind of go right through his chest and there's, he's not really able to do anything. But offensively, in the brief times that he did look to score, he showed all the flashes that make him what people consider a unicorn. He can put the ball on the floor. He can face up. He can shoot. I think right now, obviously, because he doesn't have the bulk or strength to be a really effective post player, he's going to do most of his damage uh, as, a, as a face-up score. So there's a play that really stood out to me. It was like an isolation play against Mark Williams, who we'll get you later. Mark Williams had a he made himself a lot of money in this game. But there was an isolation play. I want to say it's like in the right short corner. He drove to his left, and he wasn't necessarily able to turn the corner on Williams, but he stopped and did a little, I don't know, it's like a little live juan shimmy and nailed like a soft fadeaway jumper. It was very, very Dirk-like. I mean, it looked like something that we were seeing from Dirk every other play during the 2011 NBA uh, playoffs and that finals run the Mavs had but Holmgren was able to score on cuts to the basket he had a play where he scored as a vertical lob threat and again I mean he's not afraid to mix it up even though he missed all of his threes um, he's just someone that I think with his versatility and ability to knock down threes put the ball on the floor and move without the basket I, I just think that he's a special offensive player that has the I mean just the defensive presence to really impact games and I also I I mentioned this on a podcast that I did yesterday I think that the success of Chris Stapp's Porzingis over the last two weeks is going to be helpful for Chet I know that I mean that's kind of a comparison that we've been seeing because Porzingis was like the first guy that you start hearing about the unicorn label and then people were down on Porzingis after you know dealing with a bunch of injuries but Porzingis the last few weeks has been able to showcase what made him such a basically what made him an all-star in New York. And I think there are very similar comparisons between Porzingis and, and Chet. And so I think that if teams are looking at Porzingis in the way that he's played, what I mean how well he's played the last few weeks, then that could like 
basically help Chet out. That's just my opinion on that. But again, he missed all three of his three-point attempts. I don't think that's too much of a concern, but um, I just don't think with Gonzaga's talent and depth, we're going to see him be the number one option, be the main focal point, or really be as aggressive and looking looking for a shot as you would hope from a guy to, to be the number one pick. It kind of reminds me now, this is, this may sound a little crazy to you. It reminds me a little bit of the 2008 Memphis team where the team was kind of ran, the offense was catered around Chris Douglas Roberts, who was the returning scorer, and they made a Final Four run. But Derrick Rose was obviously the best NBA prospect. But Derrick Rose kind of took a back seat. You always felt like, man, I would love for him to shoot a little more. I would love for him to take over. Is he ever going to get up 15 to 20 shots per game? It was kind of like it was CDR's team. And I think in this case, this is Timmy's team. And Drew is, I mean, I'm sorry, and Chet is kind of playing a complimentary supportive role. But, you know, as far as like being an NBA prospect, then I, I think it's head and shoulders that Chet is the better prospect. All right, when we return, I'll just run through a few more players, especially Wendell Moore. I think Wendell Moore and Mark Williams have earned themselves big paydays this season. At least the way they've planned, they've put themselves in position to earn big paydays. But before I talk about Wendell Moore, Mark Williams, and Drew Timmy, I got to talk to you about Bill Barr. It is the best Monday of the year. And it is Cyber Monday. And Built.com is the place to amp your mouse because you can get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That is 20% off everything on the site and even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. And a brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed in time for Cyber Monday and it is Caramel Almond Delight. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein. And this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate, which I love white chocolate. For a limited time, get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor. It is the white chocolate cheesecake, a yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center, covered in white chocolate, 140 calories, 17 grams. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. So get to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars. And there's 20% off everything. Yes, you heard me right. 20% off everything. So head to Built.com. Enter the code LOCK20 before it is too late. Built.com. And again, 20% off everything. Cyber Monday only. All right, we are in the holiday season. And nothing is better than holidays in sports. And BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, eyes, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the NBA games coming up on Christmas and also the NFL playoffs, college football playoffs, all of that. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the remainder of the 2021 season because BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. 
Bet Online, we are stuffed with deals this holiday season. All right, in this last segment, I want to talk about three or four other prospects that I, I thought played well. First of all, you can't talk about Duke without talking about Wendell Moore. Wendell Moore, I think, has really had a breakout junior season. And this, this game was no different. He was able to showcase his athleticism in the open floor. He was able to show that he can drive and finish through contact. He knocked down threes. There's a play where he attacked a closeout and finished in traffic. He showed that he has a, a decent first step. He was able to get to the rim by beating guys off the dribble, made a pull-up jumper. And in my opinion, the play of the game was the inbound steal. It was 73-71. Gonzaga was up and Chet threw a lazy pass. But I'm going to go ahead and just give the credit to Wendell Moore because he kind of fooled him into thinking that he wasn't looking to press up. He ended up stealing the inbounds pass, which he attacked after he got the steal and drew a foul on Chet. I thought that was probably the play of the game that kind of turned things around there. And Moore also chipped in with six assists. And now when he gets his assist, I've been like trying to pay attention to where he's getting his assist from. And <laughs> three of his assists were on, were on inbounds passes. And there was one that he, he threw like he passed the ball ahead and Ben Carroll hit a transition three early in the game. He threw a pocket pass to Mark Williams for an assist. And then he had a play in the corner where, if I'm not mistaken, he he could have took a corner three, um, but it would have been a contested shot. I think he pumped fake, relocated, and then swung the ball for three. And But overall, I mean, he's just filling up the stat sheet from points, rebounds, showing that he can defend, showing athleticism. Everything that a lot of people saw out of him two years ago when they thought he was going to be a one-and-done player, he has been able to display that. And then there's Mark Williams, who had the game of his life. I mean, he, like I said earlier, I think he made himself a lot of money. He was able to just show how well he transitions from defense to offense. There was a play where he blocked the shot at the rim and then was able to sprint down the floor and get a basket at the other end. He showed that he can be used as a vertical lob threat. He can be used as a vertical lob threat, run the floor in transition. He was able to show that he can score as a, a roll threat from, um, like, he slipped the screen or, or in a trap. He caught a pocket pass from Wendell Morris, I mentioned. And then he was able to just put up, I mean, just a dominant defensive performance. He had five or six blocks. I, I think the stat sheet says five. I counted six. There was block shots where he was just able to, I mean, basically look like Roy, uh, uh, agile Roy Hibbert, where he was blocking shots with verticality, where he didn't bite on pump fakes and just use his length. He had a chase down block in transition, and then he had a a really big play. It, it, you know, some may say it was the actual play of the game. There was a play. It was late in the game where Gonzaga went to Timmy, and Timmy got the best of him on on a possession. He kind of you know, threw up his uh, his righty touch shot, half hook. But the next play, Gonzaga went back to Timmy, and then Mark Williams, I mean, his length bothered Timmy, some saying that Timmy may have looked to draw the foul, but I thought that was a very, very big play for Duke. And Mark Williams, I mean, he's someone that I, um, <laughs> unfortunately, when I, when I did my podcast on Thursday, I, I felt like I was running out of time, and I did not 
give my Mark Williams scouting report because I didn't think he would be that big of a factor. And boy, do I, do I look crazy now. Another player from Gonzaga that stood out to me was Julian Strother. I mean, this guy has, I mean, he's like Duke's version of Wendell Moore having a breakout year. Strother only averaged four points a game last year, was playing behind Corey Kispert. In this game, I think that he showed everything that he has in his skill set from knocking down threes to cutting. He was able to attack closeouts. He has this nice soft touch floater push shot that he made a couple of those. He showed that he can shoot threes off of movement. And, I mean, coming into the game, his numbers from three were, were pretty crazy, as is. I mean, he was already shooting like 48% from three and averaging nearly six rebounds a game. And this game was no different than what he's been doing this season. He averaged, I mean, he put up 10 rebounds, shot well from three. So Julian Strother is someone that I think has put himself in position to be a first-round pick in this year's NBA draft. And then there's Drew Timming. I mean, we've known what Drew can do. We have over 100 games of college film to scout Timmy. He scored as a role man. He shot. He scored with his left hand. He had tough bank shots, cuts, soft touch finishes on rolls. He's going to go down as one of the best college basketball players in recent memory. Unfortunately, like this was a game where if you weren't high on Timmy as an NBA draft prospect, this game was another game that you know you can add to your <laughs> to your notes of what he doesn't do he doesn't space the floor I think he attempted one three didn't make that and then Gonzaga was just kind of, I'm sorry Duke looked like they were attacking him on defense especially when he got in foul trouble he had a, a tough time defending Theo John and um, there were some plays where it looked like he may have struggled a little bit with length even though I mean on paper his his stats were, were good he was efficient at 17 points but just wasn't the dominant performance as we saw earlier and then there's Andrew Nimhart, who didn't score the ball well, but, I mean, as far as, like, taking care of the ball, I mean, as far as just, like, getting teammates involved, he had 11 assists. He's also someone that I think will hear his name drafted. Well, that wraps up this Cyber Monday episode. Don't spend too much money out there, but I wanted to thank each and every person for li- for listening. Thank you for making Locked On your first listen or of the day or of the week. Now, for your second listen, I'm going to suggest that you make Locked On Bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. I'm suggesting that that is your second listen of the day. It is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free, and it is available on all platforms. Well, thanks again. This is Raphael, NBA Draft Junkies. Check out the NBA Draft Junkies website. I'm adding content daily. I'm adding player profiles. I think I'm up to about 40 or 50 player profiles. So my goal is to do about five per day. If I can add five per day, then I should be well over 100-something profiles between now and the end of the year. So check it out, NBADraftJunkies.com. And then I have a video on my YouTube channel. You can check out NBA Draft Junkies where I'm basically documenting my my travels here in Spain with my wife. And I'll probably be adding a video every 10 days. So check that out. But once again, it's Rafael, NBA Draft Junkies. You're listening to Locked on NBA Draft. Hope everyone has a great week. And I am out.